0: I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. Sunday is my fun day, especially when I get to record a new Scoop podcast. Happy Mother's Day, everyone, especially to my wife, the rock of our family. Our boys adore you. You love to help people, you have a heart of gold. Laura. We love and talk. I am today without the guidance of my mom. So a happy Mother's Day to Laura, a happy Mother's Day to my mom, a happy Mother's Day to all moms listening. This is Scoop Podcast episode 349 on this Sunday, the 5th. Excuse me, I probably had a survey or two, right? Cinco de Mayo a few days ago. This is the 9th of May. The year is 2021. I'll empty out my figurative notebook like always. Then a bunch of conversations in no particular order. The buzz is told for game one of the playoffs one week from today, Sunday, May 16th. Now, there still is a chance they could either end up as the two seed, have home ice advantage, or end up playing Vegas, not Colorado. But if Vegas beats Colorado on Monday, Vegas locks in as the one seed. The scenario, as I sit here on Sunday late morning, the 9th of May, is next Sunday. The Wilds will be in Denver for game one against the Avalanche. But some things can happen. The Wilds still have two regular season games to go. They finish Wednesday and Thursday against the Blues. So it looks like Friday will be a day off. Saturday, practice day, then potentially get on an airplane. Or if they end up hosting game one, practice Saturday in St. Paul, then prepare for game one. On Sunday. But if you're a Wild fan, get ready. One week from today, the playoffs begin. All signs point to Zach Parisi not being in the Wild's playoff lineup. That has become evident the last two games. The Wild did not play well on Friday, get the two points against the Ducks. Did not play well. They then don't play Parisi on Saturday. That's all we need to know. Now, hey, if the Wild get down two games to nothing, let's say they open up against the Avalanche. Let's say they get down two games to nothing. Could they shake up their lineup for a game three? Maybe. So I don't think this is it. When it comes to Zach Parisi playing for the Wild, but at least to start the playoffs, I would be shocked if Zach Parisi is in the lineup. Signs point to, I think he is open to this. The question is, will the Wilds be open to this? But a buyout happening this summer that Zach Parisi can finish his professional career, his NHL career elsewhere. John Anderson, Gophers baseball coach. This is year 40. John Anderson with the Gophers, a Minnesota baseball legend, a Minnesota baseball icon. Unfortunately, his team stinks this year. They now have a little bit of a COVID outbreak amongst themselves, so their series this weekend at Sieber Field against the Ohio State Bucks. Guys, we're at the rock bottom. They are last place in the Big Ten, but nonetheless, John Anderson, Is a Minnesota baseball legend. His contract is up this summer. Talks have occurred about extending John. Per one source, the ball is now in the court of Mark Coyle. That John has laid out what his expectations are, that it's now on Coyle to say yes or no. Make no mistake about this. I would keep a close eye if you're at all interested in Minnesota baseball, John Anderson's future. Just keep an eye on that situation. The thirty day exclusive negotiating window, Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie, Glenn Taylor, either expires as of this week or tomorrow tenth of May. If they need to, they can extend the window. Both sides are negotiating in good faith. All signs point to this transaction still happening. There's been a lot of silence since Glenn Taylor made the media rounds, including on this podcast, on Saturday, April eighth. But behind the scenes, there is every belief that the transaction will still happen. Alex Rodriguez, by the way, was at the Wolves game the other night in Miami. Perrier Henry, that great guard from Baskonia in Europe. He is not signing with the Wolves for the rest of the season. But that's a name to remember for this summer. I can't recall if I... I brought this up last podcast with Judd Zolgad on Tuesdays, then with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad on Thursdays. So I can't recall if I brought it up on the Scoot podcast or with Judd or with Mackey and Judd. So if I'm repeating myself on this podcast, I sincerely apologize. But remember the name Henry. So he played for the Rockets Summer League team in 2015. Chris Finch was the head coach. Gerson Rosas was the Rockets assistant GM. Rosas, when he took over as the Wolves president of operations, worked out Henry. Summer of 2019 in Los Angeles. Rosas is a fan. Finch is a fan. Henry's name is one to remember this offseason. He is an unrestricted free agent. He would love to play in the NBA, so remember that name when the Wolves start to make moves this summer. A reminder, the coaches like David Vanterpool, Brian Gates, I would keep an eye on those two guys. They have team options on their contracts for next season. There's going to be some sort of shakeup, with Chris Finch's staff, I guess it's hard for me to see David Vanderpool back with the Wolves. Jarrett Culver had successful surgery on his right ankle on out Somewhat of a lengthy rehab. He'll be able to get back on the court working out sometime this summer. Yes, he is very much trade bait. The Wolves are not married to having Jarrett Culver on the roster next season. But it's not like a lot of teams are knocking down the Wolves' door to trade for Jarrett Culver. But surgery went, quote, great for one source involved. On Malik Beasley, any chance we see bees before the end of the season? Here's what I was told by a source close to the situation. Quote, he's not ruled out from it, but I would say it's unlikely he plays at this point, but he is aiming for it. End quote. So that really doesn't clarify a whole lot. But more likely than not that we don't see Beasley. But as I sit here on Sunday morning, it's not like Beasley has been ruled out for the rest of the season. Alex Kirilov got a cortisone shot. He saw Dr. Graham in Dayton on Friday with the wrist. He had a wrist injury a couple years ago. So the wrist has been something that has bothered him previously. He's going to see if he can swing pretty quick here. Early this week, if he can't, surgery has not been ruled out. I will tell you that Alex told a family member a few days ago that he did not think this was a long-term injury, that he did not think that he would need surgery. But let's see how the swinging of the back goes before we determine when Kirilov could be back in the Twins lineup. Louis Arise should be back in the Twins lineup here pretty quick. He is pretty much symptom-free from that concussion. He suffered a few days ago. He's been doing baseball activity, so Louis Arri should be back here pretty quick. I'm Byron Buxton. Yes, it'll be weeks, not days, but there is no sense that this is a six or seven or eight week injury. Yeah, maybe three or four weeks, grade two. That hip certainly bothering him, but there is no sense that this will be many, many weeks. So hopefully, at some point, Buxton can be back in the lineup. Twenty-seven years old. Unfortunately. It's been one injury after another. He is a free agent after next season. The question will be, what is his worth? When healthy, look at what the Blue Jays gave George Springer. What, six years? $150 million? He's 31. When Buxton hits unrestricted free agency, he'll be 29 years old. He turns 28 this December. He'll turn 29 December of 2022. When free agency begins. If you can pay Springer at $31,150, one fifty, whats is 29-year-old Byron Buxton worth? But I'm telling you, injuries are a big part of that conversation. The bullpen entering the Sunday afternoon game in Detroit, 11 losses, a complete train wreck. Remember, today is the end of this so-called easy 16-game stretch. Lose 3-4 to the Rangers. Lose a series to the Pirates, don't play well in Cleveland, didn't have to face Shane Bieber. Now 0-7 in extra inning games, 0-4 in seven inning games in those double-header games. So the Twins are not a train wreck in nine inning games, but it's hard to trust that bullpen with those 11 losses. Tyler Duffy, some regression, Mitch Garver, maybe 2019 was it. You know, he's not a bad player, but 2019 was such a career year for Mitch Garver. Hard to see him ever touching those numbers again. Max Kepler rebounding a little bit the last couple games. But where has he been since 2019? Jorge Polanco, where has he been since 2019, even though he played a lot of last year injured on that ankle, had the offseason ankle surgery? Miguel Sano, strikeout after strikeout. Regression is an ugly thing. The Vikings, as far as I can tell, have not made any free agent offers recently but they have kicked the tires. They have talked to some agents. Now, oftentimes it's the agents initiating the phone call. So, like, if you're the agent for, let's say, Ryan Kerrigan, you're trying to find your client calling bank could use a pass rusher. So I can tell you there has been dialogue that Kerrigan camp and the Vikings, my sense is the Vikings have some interest in Ryan Kerrigan, but from what I can tell an offer, has not been made yet. Same is true of D.D. Westbrook. So the Vikings now have the former Jacksonville wide receivers coach, Keenan McCardle as their wide receivers coach. So Keenan knows D.D. really well. D.D. is coming off ACL surgery seven months ago. I'm told rehab is going really well. He is back running That by training camp or middle of August. He should be completely cleared. So D.D. D. Westbrook is on the Vikings' radar, but they may wait if they are ever going to make an offer. They may wait a little bit just to see if his knee continues to progress how it has been progressing. Gophers back. lost a transfer, a big man transferring from Cincinnati, Chris Vogt, over the weekend. He chose the Wisconsin Badgers. The Badgers beat out Ben Johnson and the Gophers for the Cincy transfer. The Gophers, Ben Johnson, they are looking for multiple big men. I won't go into great detail right now, but there is an injury situation with the Gophers men's basketball team. I'm just telling you, they need a lot of help right now in the front court. There is optimism that they can land the Shakopee native, the Boston College transfer, Steph Mitchell, who is testing the NBA pre-draft waters, but I think ultimately he ends up back in college. If he does, I can see Mitchell ending up With the Gophers, that would be a big help. But the Gophers looking for multiple big men right now. One Vikings note I forgot to mention, they did try to sign Chris Garrett, the former Concordia St. Paul pass Rusher, academic hurdles to overcome. Like the Wisconsin Badgers had a lot of interest in Garrett coming out of high school in the Milwaukee area. He was a big-time talent coming out of high school, but because of academics, ended up at Concordia St. Paul. Had a great run. D2, Concordia St. Paul, was a seventh-round draft pick of the Los Angeles Rams. If he had gone undrafted, the Vikings had all sorts of interest in signing him. Joe Rossi, Gophers defensive coordinator, his one-year contract extension will be approved by the Board of Regents this week. There's nothing to worry about on that Rossi contract extension. He'll get a raise from $625,000 to $650,000. But hey, based on the data that the U has, that they've made public. He is the 12th coordinator in the conference. So $650,000 for a coordinator might sound high, but hey, a lot of schools are paying a lot more. Joe Rossi, by the way, an excellent coach. Do know that even with the defensive hiccups of 2020, Joe Rossi knows what the heck he's doing. The Gophers are very fortunate that he is their defensive coordinator. All right. Let's now get to a bunch of conversations. We'll go non-football, then a bunch of football on Thursday. I caught up with Nick Benino, Wild forward. So this was before the Friday and Saturday Anaheim games, but pretty much every talking point is a playoff. Today, previewing the playoffs with Benino. Benino, by the way, has won the Stanley Cup. What a couple times he has played in ninety-eight playoff games. Nick Benino is going to be very helpful in the room on the ice when the wild open up the playoffs next weekend. Here is my recent conversation with Wild Forward, pending free agent. Will Nick Benino be back next year? I got into that with him. Here's my conversation with Nick Benino. Nick, I appreciate your time. So you did one of these. Let's go back to last October, the day you're traded here. You did one of these. And one of your first comments, I, I recall, was that you were, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but you were surprised that you were doing a Zoom call with, with a few of us media, that that you were insinuating that, that a trade wasn't necessarily on your radar. So thinking about your emotions then, that October day, to now, everything you've experienced, the success you've had here in Minnesota, is it just day and night? Uh,
1: it's definitely always surprising uh, when you're traded. you know when I was traded uh, um, from Anaheim to Van, it it was kind of talked about a bit more and you, you felt it coming, but even when it happened, you're still surprised. I think, yeah, back in October, it was completely out of the blue. I um, I'd had some pretty good seasons in Nashville. We were trending um, maybe a little bit downward, but we were still a playoff contending team. So it was, it was uh, a a big shock to get traded. I think Uh, then finding out it was Minnesota, I was pretty excited. It's, always been a fun place to play and a, and a, a tough team to play against. And yeah, as the year has gone on and and we've kind of grown as a team, um, definitely very happy with it. I mean, we clinched a playoff spot pretty early we're we're battling for home ice right now. Um, we've got, you know, very good depth, great goaltending great defense. So um, definitely it's been a long, uh, a long time since October it seems, I guess only, only six or seven months, which is a normal regular season, but, uh, yeah it's uh it's flown
0: by and i imagine it's just you know everything you just laid out nick i mean this has to be super enjoyable your your pr director aaron sickman uses the the twitter hashtag winning is fun a lot of fans have picked up on that hashtag winning is fun just how much fun is winning
1: yeah it it is it's the it's the best uh best feeling in sports i think um you know as good as uh Guys can have individual seasons, I think, when you win, especially win a cup, but when you win really, uh, you know, your division, a a playoff spot, just individual games, it it always feels good no matter. uh, You could have had an off game personally, but if the team wins, you always leave the rink um, happy in that regard. So uh, it is, it's a pretty apt uh, hashtag from Sikki there. Uh, Yeah, it, it is definitely fun.
0: How close is the locker room? the buzz for years before you arrived was it wasn't necessarily a tight locker room, but all the, all the buzz now, the last few months is you guys are an incredibly close group. How close are you guys?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we're definitely, um, pretty close. I mean, we enjoy hanging out with each other. It's, uh, kind of a, obviously an interesting year where we're on the road, we can't go anywhere. We're in the hotel. So you're in the lounge, you're eating with each other all the time. Um, uh, you know, in a regular season, you might kind of fracture into your dinner groups or, um, you know, hang out with certain guys sometimes, go to the mall. But um, here it's it's kind of everyone together all the time. And I think that's definitely benefited us. I think uh, the, the guys have, have great personalities. They were definitely very accepting of the new guys. There were a few of us and um, it was pretty easy to acclimate here with, with the reception we received. So, um, you know, it, it has been a fun, close group so far.
0: Is that an under talked about storyline, just all the restrictions that are in place that that any sense of normalcy for you guys, home and road, it just it doesn't exist anymore that that maybe us in the media, we don't talk about how that impacts you guys enough.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, I think I don't want to say it's it's, you know, too tough. I think we're um, we have it better than than a lot of people. And we're very fortunate in that aspect with the. The, the safety um, protocols and regulations that we're under, so um, health has been first I think uh, um, after that you know we're pretty used to to hanging out I mean guys, whether we play video games in the lounge or or watch other games or um, just hang out play cards I think it's uh it's definitely an easy environment to to uh, hang out in and, and get along with your buddies in and um, we've taken advantage of it for sure.
0: What's your favorite video game?
1: Oh, uh we we play a lot of FIFA on the road. Um, it's always in the always in the lounge. So uh Zook Zook is really good at it. Um Rhodes is pretty good at it, and Caril's really good. So Kevin Kevin tries hard. He's he's uh he's getting better. Is there anything that Kirill isn't good at? Uh he's uh he's pretty amazing. It's um it's been fun to to watch him this year. You know, he's he's consistent. He's, he's really good offensively, obviously, but, uh, he plays defense. He plays hard. He gets pissed off when he loses the puck and he goes and he wants it back. And, um, you know, for, a a young guy coming in, um, why well, I shouldn't say he's, he's too young. He's had a lot of success in Russia, but, uh, for your first year in the NHL, it's definitely super impressive what he's done.
0: This might be a really stupid question. My wife tells me I'm nuts all the time. So you can say that I'm, I'm nuts, Nick, but, do you see any similarities, Carrill and Sidney Crosby? Uh,
1: I think the the biggest one that jumps out is the way they open their feet with that. I guess you called an eagle, or I guess some people call it the Crosby, the way um the the skates go go pretty much out. And and Sid did it a lot. I, I think Kyrill might do it more, and he does it just skating through the neutral zone just to to protect the puck and get speed and um it's pretty, pretty fun to watch him uh, skate like that. Cause uh, he uses it all over the ice so effectively. So that was something obviously Sid did so much. Um, and yeah, they both can change the game on a shift. So uh, I guess there are some similarities for sure.
0: I mean, heck, does it make some sense to, to champion the cause of Kirill as, as league MVP? There's all this talk about rookie of the year. What about Kirill for, for league MVP?
1: Yeah, he's, he's been great. I think, uh, I'm hoping obviously he wins the Calder. I think we all are. Um, yeah, I mean, the heart trophy is, uh, a pretty, pretty amazing award. I think, you know, there's a guy almost hitting a hundred points this year. So, um, I would think he's probably the front runner, but I think it's pretty awesome that you, you see Curl's name come up in it. He's, uh, like I said, he's been so consistent, um he scored a lot of goals and a lot of these goals are late in games you know the last few games it's been two tying goals it's been um two goals last night to take the lead and give us a lead late so uh he's shown up in the right times and it's uh yeah it's, it's pretty awesome
0: i mean speaking of being consistent what about you i mean it doesn't matter where dean puts you top six role bottom six role pk power play like you embrace any role any role that's being asked of you where where does that low ego come from? Uh, just, just happy to happy to be out there. Honestly, I uh, I, I feel like
1: whatever line I play on, um, we've got great players on each line. Um, I mean, for the for the last little bit, I've been playing with uh, Sturmey and Zach, and and we were doing great. We were producing, and um, I just find that for me, if I don't change my game. Um, if the points aren't coming, make sure I'm playing well defensively, make sure my penalty kill is good. My faceoffs are staying, you know, above 50 um, just little things like that, that, that I know uh, if you leave a game and you're not on the score sheet, you, you definitely impacted the game in your own way. So that's the kind of focus I've had but really back since college um, you know, and, and especially I think since Pittsburgh, where you get traded to a team and you're playing behind Sid and Gino um, and you know. That they're going to get the, the lion's share of offensive zone starts and and as they should, and um, you, you kind of change your game to be dependent on in the defensive zone a bit more and um, be okay with these zone starts because those are big faceoffs and um, just know that that whatever you're doing can help the team.
0: So overall, I mean real happy where your game's at is we don't even know the start of the playoffs. like I'm thinking maybe you guys might play as soon as Saturday the 15th. We're Sunday the 16th, but, like, we don't even know. But as you guys ramp up here, maybe as soon as eight, nine days from now, you're happy where where your game is at?
1: Yeah, I think we're, uh, we're definitely happy with where we're sitting. I think you can see with the last week, obviously, in, in St. Louis, the St. Louis uh, three games, we didn't get all the points we wanted, but um, we battled, and, and those are playoff-type games. That's five playoff-type games in a row, and I thought we handled ourselves really well uh we stuck with it every game was close every game was down to the wire and that's going to be playoffs so i don't think it could have been a better you know way to to roll into the playoffs here we've got um an anaheim team that's you know going to be playing loose and fast and um and then we're back with st louis before before it starts so like you said um it's odd playing right now in may and not being in the playoffs uh yet but um yeah it's it's right around the corner so we're looking forward to it
0: what are some keys to success in the postseason, you have 98 career playoff games of experience, like, you know, clearly on ice skill, you know, probably trumps all, but what are some other keys when talking about making a run in the postseason?
1: Yeah, I'll try not to fire too many cliches at you here, but uh, I think the, the biggest thing is your emotion. I think in, in a playoff series, whether it's shift by shift, period by period, game by game, um, there's so much emotion involved. You know, you could be up and, and lose a game and, and it's it's important to just forget about it uh, and approach the next game on an even keel. And I think that goes throughout the game through shifts. um, When you get scored on bouncing back from that, you know, I think it's, it's easy to say um, you just kind of play your same game as the playoff as the regular season. I think you do, but um, in the playoffs, everything is magnified. You know, that, that one play, you don't get out at the blue line that that's magnified. It's more important. The, your where your stick positioning is, your face offs, your just the little things that um are important in the regular season, they're that much more important um in the playoffs and they can they can change games. So I think, you know, just being dialed in on those little aspects.
0: How important would home ice be, at least in the first round, if you guys can jump up to the two seed, I guess, you know, not only having some energy from from some fans in the building, but also having that last change.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely important, especially with, you know, where we'll probably be playing either Colorado or or Vegas. Um, They've got those lines that especially Colorado with that top, top line that uh, that you want your matchups against them. You want to try to uh, control who's out both offensively and and defensively, both those lines. So um, it it definitely means a lot. I think, you know, at the same time, we're pretty confident in in our four lines with, with whoever we're playing against, but, uh, but yeah, home ice, just, you know, being able to get that last change and, obviously having the fans behind you, it, uh, it always feels better.
0: Are you mentally preparing yourself as if it will be Colorado? I mean, it's not 99%, but the likelihood at this point is after last night is it's more likely going to be Colorado, not Vegas.
1: Uh, not really, not yet. I think we've still got, you know, business at hand here and, and we're doing everything we can to get home ice. So, um, I don't think maybe mentally preparing, I think it's in the back of our minds that it's, you know, the, the odds are probably Colorado, but, uh, for now I would, I would think we're all focused on Anaheim because these are, you know, four points up for grabs that, that could go, um, a long way in helping us.
0: Even with the focus on Anaheim, can I get a scouting report from you on, on the avalanche you topped on, you touched on that top line, but what else jumps out about the avalanche?
1: Yeah. I mean, that top line is, is one of the best lines in hockey. Um, both at even strength and on the power play. They're so dangerous. They can um, be uh, off the cycle, off the rush transition. So obviously you know about them, but the rest of their lines, you know, are, are they're so deep. Um, they've got a great checking line, you know, Belmar's line there. And then you've got Joe's line, Cadre's line, who have produced uh, pretty consistently the whole season. So, um, you know, I'm not sure where Donsko is playing now or Burakovsky or um, – or Saad, I, it just, the list goes on of all these guys who who have probably more than 15 goals this year. So they're dangerous throughout. And then, then you get to their defense where they've, you know, got Makar and Gerard and, and pieces that, that defend hard with them. So, um, they're dangerous everywhere. Grubauer's played awesome for them, uh, this whole season. So it's a tough team. It'll be a, I thought we had some pretty good games against them in the regular season. Um, and, uh, yeah, it would definitely be a good series.
0: Is your hope Nick that you found, a- a sort of long-term home i mean clearly we know your contractual situation a ufa after the season but is your hope if if your agent and bill and in the rest of the wild front office if if there's a happy you know meeting ground that, that you would like to be here long term
1: yeah you always want to you know set up roots and play somewhere for a while um uh we've we've reached out to billy and and uh I think just the situation this year with uh, with some of the RFAs that are up and, and the expansion draft. I think um, you know that has to kind of play out as uh, as the summer goes along. But um, yeah, my my family and I love it here. Um, you know, first and foremost, we like playing here and uh, and living here. And um, yeah, so we'll see what the future holds.
0: Has anything surprised you about playing here?
1: Um, you know, we don't really see much of the Twin City area when we're on the road. We're just staying at the St. Paul Hotel, and usually it's snowing and it's gray when we're here. So um, it's been nice to see Minneapolis and, and the surrounding areas, and uh, and it's it's really beautiful, all the lakes and stuff. Uh, the people are so nice. So um, it's definitely been a nice experience.
0: Is there some hope that we'll get back to some point of, of normalcy? In fact, the governor is about to announce here in an hour, the mask mandate is going to end July 1st. I mean, Seemingly, at least here in Minnesota, in the next few months, things are going to open up a lot more. Yeah,
1: I, um, you probably know you know more about that than I didn't know that, so um, that's great. I think uh, you know whatever keeps uh, everyone safe and and gets everyone back out and about uh, that'll be awesome.
0: what as, as we get to know you, hopefully you're here beyond this year, what about you will will surprise us as we continue to get to know you? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I couldn't tell you. That's a tough question. Um, I don't know. I don't have many surprises. Uh, pretty open book.
0: I mean, just what just great family man and, you know, passionate about hockey, but you certainly have some hobbies outside the rink. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: of course an awesome family, Uh, um, expecting a baby actually, um, in like two or three weeks. So a baby boy. So that'll be that'll be fun and got two girls here, a five and a three-year-old and and my wife, uh, who, who I've been with since college. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun so far and yeah, the hobbies are the same as everyone's like to, like to golf. Um, I like to bike, I like cycle, I guess outside and, um, yeah, just hang out and,
0: uh, train in the off season and, and get ready for the year. Congratulations on, on the pending birth. So like, do you need to time that out? Like, is your wife going to be induced or like, how do you guys balance that out? You know, with, yeah. with, you know, I mean, heck you could yeah. be on the road for all we know. Yeah. We're trying to figure that out now. Well, once we get the schedule, we'll, we'll start looking at it.
1: But um, yeah, it's, it's funny how that works. We, uh, this, well, our second child, Isabel was born in the first round uh, back in 2018 and it just so works out that our our son now will be born in the first round now at the end of may instead of uh you know middle of april so it's uh it's definitely something we got to figure out but um you know we'll work with the team on uh on getting that done
0: i mean i suppose like you're you're itching for this schedule to come out like we're all wondering i'm serious like we don't know when you guys are going to open the playoffs normally we would know we have no idea like you have to be itching to to get that schedule more than anyone yeah
1: i i think they've got uh They've got so much to think about with each, uh, with whether there's restrictions on on cities, and uh, some teams have to finish uh, even into the playoffs. Some regular season games have to be played out just for draft purposes and stuff. So, I think they've got uh, they probably have an idea of what it'll be. But I think once the, all the spots get uh, clinched and everybody settles into their places, that uh, that'll be a lot easier for them.
0: Nick, anything we didn't hit on that you want to get out there that that you know I or or fans should know?
1: No, I think we're good.
0: Nick, thank you. All the best the rest of the way, and all the best to you and your wife. Thanks a lot. Nick Benino, very popular in that locker room. He has come in, he has become friends with everyone. It is a tight-knit group. That locker room has had some issues going back many years. My sense is that this locker room is as tight as it's been in a handful of years. I think Nick Benino has a lot to do with that. That was a savvy move at the time. As a casual hockey observer, Interesting looking that move with Nashville, but getting Nick Benino, a very shrewd move by general manager Bill Guerin. I was over at Target Field a few days ago. Chad Greenway, Grey Duck Vodka, partnering with Twins legend Joe Mauer. Joe Maurer will appear on some Grey Duck bottles. Some of the proceeds from sales will end up benefiting Gillette Children's Hospital a cause near and dear to Joe Maurer's heart, the Maurer family. So Joe and Chad were at Target Field a few days ago. I had a chance to catch up with the Twins legend. I did ask him about Byron Buxton. This was before Buxton's injury. So I still think he plays. He hasn't Maurer in a while. So here's my conversation. But just for full context, this conversation happened before Buxton injured his hip a few days ago here's my conversation from a handful of days ago at target field with joe mauer joe just take us through how this partnership came about was it chad initiating some dialogue with you did you go to him just take us through that process. yeah
2: no um chad chad uh, approached me with this idea and you know giving back to gillette children's and um you know obviously our friendship goes uh, back some years and Um, You know, I was a fan of Chad, obviously, for what he did on the field, but what he also does in the community and, you know, what he still continues to do in the community uh, as being a retired player. But um, yeah, he he approached me with the idea and, uh, you know, I couldn't uh, pass it up, especially uh, benefiting uh, the kids at Gillette Children's. So uh, I think it's a great, uh, it's a win-win for both and uh, happy to be a part of it. Post-playing, are you devoting even more time to helping out Gillette Children's? Yeah, we actually... uh, We've been pretty involved with Gillette over the years, obviously, but uh, this year we uh, we have a whole new event coming out uh, June 15th. We're hosting a, a celebrity home run challenge here at Target Field, and um, you know, trying to think of different ways to uh, to host events and spread the word about Gillette, raise money for the hospital, and and do it in a safe manner. You know, with everything that's been going on the last you know year and a half, so. Uh, we're excited about it and uh, look a little different, but we'll have a lot of fun.
0: Outside of, you know, wife being happy, kids being happy, does anything bring you more joy than being able to
2: help out Gillette Children's? You know, it, it is a special place. And, and like I said, um, I love talking Gillette. I love talking to people about it. Um, anybody that's been stepped foot in that building, um, there's a certain energy that, that goes along there, um, the positivity. Uh, the kids, the staff, um, it really is a great place and, and what they do there, uh, what the, the services that they provide are, are world, world renowned and to have a place like that in our backyard, um, we're very fortunate to have that, uh, that place there. So happy to do uh, you know, my small part and uh, to spread the word uh, on how great of a place it is and uh, you know, to be a small part of it. We've been
0: talking to you at least on camera for a while. Like what else is keeping you busy? Are you coaching the kids in sports? Are you helping out over at the dealership? Like what else is keeping you busy?
2: Yeah, I've uh, I've been pretty busy. It's, uh, you know, I've been busy with the kids. Like you said, I'm, uh, I'm an assistant soccer coach uh, for the girls soccer team, so it's fun to uh, be out there with them. Um, my chip is two and a half now, so he's uh, all of two and a half running around, getting into things. So um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. It's been busy. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously following the ball club a little bit here too, so uh, rooting them on. So uh, yeah, life's been good. What sort of expertise do you have on the soccer field? Not much. Uh, (laughs) I'm more of the, I like to call myself director of team morale, you know, uh, making sure the girls are having fun and and working together and um, that everybody's having a good time.
0: On the ball club here? Well, how about last night? Like, how cool was that? Seeing Gibby fire some bullets. Gibby was really good last night.
2: Yeah, he had a great night. It was uh, it was fun to see. I, you know, going into the game, obviously you want to see Gibby do well. Um, maybe not too well, so uh, so our ball club can win. But um, you know, it, it is different seeing a former teammate on the mound or on the other t- on the other side. And um, I'm sure it was weird for our players too. But. Um, You know, happy that he had a good night. Um, Happy that uh, he doesn't pitch against us tonight with the stuff that he had last night. But, um, you know, rooting Gibby all the best. And uh, like I said, he's a great guy and um, he's having a great year, so that's fun to see. Nelly Cruz has what, about three, three and a half years on you, four years maybe even, give or take?
0: He turns 41 in July. Yeah. So he's got a few years, whatever it is. Like, does he just defy
2: all logic doing what he does at his age? He's... uh... He's impressive. Um, it's fun to watch him. I mean, he's one of those guys where you know, he's coming up to bat. You you stop what you're doing to watch. You know, he's uh, got a great, uh, a great approach, um, great discipline, great plan. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's just fun to watch day in and day out. I'm glad uh, he's in our uniform than in a different one, you know, playing against him. But uh, yeah, he's, he's just uh you know, he's a quality uh, quality bat every every time he steps up. Speaking of fun to watch,
0: Byron Buxton, like if we took an MVP vote at the 28 game mark, maybe Mike Trout wins it, who knows, but Byron would be in that conversation.
2: Yeah, he's having a great start. Um, it's great to see, you know, Byron uh, getting off to a good start, um, you know, I it's the stretch that he's on. He, it, when you get on pl- stretches like that, you just try to hold on to him as long as you can. And, um you know he's uh he's playing well and uh, i'm really happy for him are you buddies with toby garden are you happy
0: for for toby and, and will you follow the saint paul saints to some extent now that they're the AAA affiliate
2: yeah i think that was great uh, a great move on the, the organization's behalf uh, having triple a right across the river um, toby's a great guy obviously great baseball mind comes with a great baseball family and uh, i know he'll get those boys going and, and you know getting uh, you know, those guys that are, you know, have hopes to come up here and, and produce, he'll get them ready for, the, for this, uh, this level. So uh, excited to see that, that they're there in St. Paul, and uh, I know there's a lot of benefits for, for the big club as well, having them so close.
0: Just being modest, my guess is, because he's great at everything, that he is an A-plus soccer coach. He may not know much about soccer, but my guess is he's picked up the sport really fast. I bet Joe Mauer is an excellent soccer coach all right let's now get to a bunch of football conversations let's begin with former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson remember him from a hard knocks longtime friend of Mike Zimmer they were on the same Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff so small world Hugh Jackson trained new Vikings quarterback Kellen Mond pre-draft for three months so I hit Hugh on A lot of Kellen's future, but we also talked Justin Jefferson, Mike Zimmer, and a couple other talking points. Here's my conversation from a few days ago with former Browns head coach. He is now on his way to help Eddie George at Tennessee State, Hugh Jackson. Coach, I appreciate your time. Just take us through, I guess, let's just start sequentially. Just take us through how your relationship with new Viking, Kellen Mond, how it started.
3: It started at the House of Athlete, but I saw Kellen years ago when he played uh, UCLA. He was a freshman, and I knew then he was very talented. He made quite a few plays uh, with his arm, with his legs, and uh, was a tremendous football game. Um, and obviously, I thought he was going to have a bright future ahead of himself.
0: Okay, so you saw him way back when. I mean, he played a lot of football at a and He got mm-hmm. better year after year after year. So I imagine, based on what you saw years ago, knowing the quarterback the Vikings are getting, that, that you really feel like your buddy Mike Zimmer and others here in Minnesota made a really good pick.
3: Oh, absolutely. I was very excited, one, for Kellen and for Mike. I text Mike afterwards say, you got a you got a really good one. Uh, I think he went later than what I thought his value was, being very honest. The guy played a lot of football in the SEC, was very successful, won a lot of games. There's not a throw he can't make. He's very athletic. He's uber-intelligent. So I thought, you know, that would win out. But obviously, as you know, when these narratives start with these quarterbacks, you know, uh, people kind of forget the other guys. But I think they found a diamond in the rough here.
0: Why do you think he lasted all the way until pick 66? And I guess... Like, how many quarterbacks went in front of him? I mean, Trask went late second round. Mm-hmm. You have all the guys in the first round. I mean, it, it was, what, six
3: quarterbacks went in front of him? Six or yeah, seven, five, whatever it was. Yeah, five or six, whatever it was. But I, I just think sometimes uh, the comparison, uh, just no different than why I think Justin Fields fell. You know, I think people look, you know, there was the Ohio State comparison of the other quarterbacks that's come out of there. I mean, I'm sure there's the same thing a little bit with Texas A&M quarterbacks. How many of them are still playing in the national football league today? So I think that's unfair. I think you should judge and and evaluate a guy based on who he is and what he does and how he does it. Uh, And obviously that's what the Vikings did, but for him to be sitting there in the third round, the second pick of the third round, I thought it was awesome when they got him.
0: I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, Joe Burrow was an Ohio state guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. c- can you explain those narratives, how those narratives <laughs> start? Cause they don't make sense to me.
3: Well, they start and it's really interesting. And I, and I think as, as soon as some of these agents starts, you know, going after some of these people for slander to stop, you know, because all the stuff I heard about Justin Fields coming out of Ohio state and it's not the coach saying, and it's not the office coordinator saying, you know, so how can anybody else make these comments, you know, and it's, It's this way for a lot of these players, and I just think it's unfair. Uh, I think in Kellen's situation, I think uh, because he played at Texas A&M in a SEC, which people don't see as the Alabamas, they don't see as the LSUs, they're seen as a, and they shouldn't be, a second-tier SEC school. And then, you know, obviously he got coached by Jimbo Fisher, who I think is an excellent football coach. And so you would think that you would evaluate him more did for that particular reason did not. And I just don't think people do their homework that way. But again, I'm, I'm happy for the Vikings. They got a tremendous person. They got a great football player. And he's going to work his tell-off.
0: Is he a better person or player?
3: I think he's a better player. I think he's an unbelievable person. But I think, he, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. I think this guy can honestly play football at a high level uh, because he can retain information. As I said, he's physically talented with his arm. I think he'll be really impressed with his arm. And then his intelligence is off the charts.
0: Does he remind you of anybody? I mean, I did one of these with maybe, you know, the name JT O'Sullivan, journeyman <laughs> yeah. quarterback, but he now does some yeah. stuff on YouTube. He's a high school coach in the San Diego area. I got to know him a little bit when he played for the Vikings many years ago. I was talking to him a few weeks ago. He made the Kaepernick comparison. I think others mm-hmm. have made that comparison too. I don't know whether think- it's Kaepernick or somebody else. Does he, does he remind you of anybody?
3: um i I can see the cap comparison um he's not as fast as cap was uh but i think he he's a more more of a natural passer than cap was uh cap was extremely talented as you know did some great things in national football league um obviously i hate comparing players i like for players to go do and be who they are but at the same time i can definitely see that because of his ability to run and i think he's only going to get faster i mean when people kind of, t- you know, let him be who he can be, I think he's going to be able to run and throw and do all the things that everybody's looking for.
0: Kellen's mechanics, like, do they need any work or are the mechanics pretty darn good already?
3: Really good. I mean, I spent three months with the young man. He is as compact as you can be. Uh, he can throw the ball on schedule. He can throw the ball off schedule. He can improvise. Um, he can do it all. And then that's why I was so surprised he lasts as long as he did. I thought he would go in the second round. Uh, but I was surprised that I was surprised that trash
0: before him. Is he an accurate quarterback?
3: Oh yeah. I think he's a pinpoint accurate quarterback. You tell him where he, where he, once he learns the receivers, he'll be able to put the ball where they want. It. I mean, he he has that kind of ability.
0: I mean, it sounds like it's, it's a perfect marriage then where, you know, there are no expectations immediately. Kirk cousins is here. I don't think Kirk's going to be overly bothered. If he was, then maybe you don't have the right quarterback to begin with. Right. Like. This no, is what he, teams do. you bring in competition, but in absolutely. this instance, Kirk knows it's his team this year. Let's see how this year plays out, but like Kelly can just sit back and absorb a lot of information learn and and maybe in a year or two be ready to rock and roll
3: absolutely, and I think he will and I think um at some point in time he's gonna play and he's gonna play extremely well i just um I just being around him and having a feel for him as a person player um he's uh he's one of those prime people he so he has the intelligence piece, but he also has the alpha piece, and as I told him, he just needs to let that show because that's really who he is, and he wants to be great at what he does, and uh he'll go in and and he'll do all the right things, but at the same time he'll be eager to play as well
0: What's that fine line like with with you know taking that alpha role where you don't want to be you know cocky or overly confident like how fine a line is
3: that? There's a real fine line, and I think um, he has the perfect personality for it because he won't go too far. You know, he'll know where his place is, and when he does it, he'll know it's time to do it. He's one of those guys. It's not a guy that – some guys are alphas, as you know, they walk in the room, and they're going to do it from the first day to the day they get kicked out, you know, and those guys don't last very long. You have to earn that, and I think he gets that. We've had a lot of those kind of private conversations on what to expect, uh, regardless of where he was going to go and what he needed to do. And, and I think he's ready for it. There's no question. he is.
0: So the football IQ, it's, it's really high. Like you spent some legitimate time in the classroom with him, So, I mean, it was no clear doubt.
3: as day, clear as day. He is uh he is a real football guy. He gets it and he works at it. That's the thing I love about it. I mean, he's going to have a plan on how to learn the offense, how to study it, how to grow within the offense. If he's not getting a lot of reps and he understands he might not get a ton of reps, but if he does, He's going to shot
0: the offense. The Vikings run the the Gary Kubiak offense, even though Gary is now retired. Kubiak now here calling the plays like Mm -hmm. the offense, the Vikings run like you feel like that fits Kellen's skill set really well.
3: Oh, absolutely. Because he has enough um, athletic talent to make every throw. He's really good outside the pocket. He's really a compact passer. Uh, Like I said, I've watched him launch balls from different platforms you know, for three months because I put him in those different platforms for that reason. And I know he can make them all. You know, I would be surprised if he doesn't truly succeed at a high level in the national football.
0: As you're watching the draft on Friday, as you're watching it unfold, even though you said, hey, he should have been a second round pick, like, did you earmark certain teams, maybe Minnesota included, where you said, I'd really like to see Kellen end up there?
3: They were one, because I know, uh, I know Coach Zimmer's personality is more defense. lately over the last several years, he's got involved in the offense, you know, so he'll be good for him, you know, because he'll teach him all of the particular rules and things about the National Football League that matter to quarterbacks. And so uh, Zim's good that way. So I think he'll be really good uh, for him. And I think he'll be really good for Zim because if Zim needs him to play, he's going to play and he's going to play well.
0: You said you texted Zim over the weekend or or late on Mm -hmm. Friday, like how close are you and Zim to, to this day?
3: Oh, we stayed close. I mean, we will be close uh, until the end of time. I mean, he's somebody who I respect and trust, and he's a tremendous football coach, and I want to see the Vikings do well.
0: I won't lie, Hugh. Like, I thought there was a chance after Gary announced his retirement that we might be seeing you here working with the Vikings. Oh, yeah, Whether it was, it was a as a
3: play caller, like, was that a possibility at one point? Yeah, I think it was, but I think um, Mike was very uh, transparent about what, you know, he thought he needed to do. Uh, within the organization. And and you have to accept that. I mean, he was always honest and up uh, and upfront. So I do, I respect that.
0: What's the future hold? I mean, I don't even know, like, are you still doing some training of guys? I think oh, I saw yeah, your name well, pop I, up for some college job.
3: Oh yeah. No, I'm going to go help uh, Eddie George over at Tennessee state. So uh, that'd be fun. You know, again, I had a great time at the house athlete training those young guys. Cause they, they just, they love it. They eat out of your hand, you know? So uh, I felt really good about that. So I, I think I'm going to go do that with Eddie and then see where it goes from there.
0: Who were some of the other athletes down there that you helped out?
3: Uh, Jeff George's son, Jeff George Jr. Uh, uh, Mari Rogers, the kid that got drafted by the Packers. Um, Darby, the kid that got drafted by Atlanta. Um, uh, Jay Sean, who was um, Kellen's receiver at a and He didn't play last year. He set out. We had several guys there, and it, it was a lot of fun. So, And then, uh, obviously, the, my, my young man, um, um, Travis Etienne, who I think is very talented, got drafted you know, at Jacksonville. So it was fun being around those guys, uh, really mentoring them, getting, getting them ready for their NFL opportunity, but watching them grow and get better every day.
0: So, I mean, like I imagine with all those guys that you were around, I mean, were you constantly on the phone pre-draft process? Were, were front offices picking your brain often?
3: Yeah, I had quite a few calls about guys wanting to know what was their temperament, you know, were they workers? Uh, did they, you know, get involved in things? All these guys were first-class citizens, great people, never had any issues with them, and I, I think they're going to be big-time players.
0: Were the Vikings one of those teams? Or, like, like you think about their first-round pick, you Christian Derisaw, they barely had any correspondence him pre-draft. Like, that part of it to me is always fascinating. Maybe you have the book on a guy and you don't want to show your hand too much, like, did the right. Vikings talk to you pre-draft?
3: No, I didn't talk to Mike about um, Callen at all. I, I caught him one day because uh, Jefferson was out there running routes, you know. And so it was really, I go, man, this guy's a sensational player. And Zim said, you dang right he's a sensational player. And I love the kid. So uh, that's really what we talked about more than anything. But we never really got into the Kellen Mond discussions.
0: Okay, so Jefferson was down
3: there, though, just one oh, day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he no, he was down there for more than one day. So he was training down there. So Mo, uh, who is a young guy who runs all of our at the athletic side of it for the House of Athletes, he's from LSU. So there was more LSU talent there. We, we almost had like a football team of LSU players that were working out every day. And so uh, he was down there working out with Jarvis Landry. And so those guys are very talented players.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I think about Justin Hugh, like, and I get it. Herbert had a really good year for the Chargers. And – You know, whether it's right or wrong, the the Offensive Rookie of the Year award typically skews, especially in the last decade or so, skews quarterback. But like Justin Jefferson probably should have been the Offensive Rookie of the Year. There's
3: no doubt. The numbers he put up in his first year uh, was tremendous. Obviously, replacing Stephon Diggs and what he had done and what he did this past year says a lot. It just to me, it even enhances Justin's profile you know, and who he is and what type of player he is, because he had a great year, not a good year, a great year.
0: I'll leave you with this. Just put your analyst head on as, as you size up Zim's roster. Daniel Hunter's coming back. You know, he was injured last year. Anthony Barr missed a lot of last year. Eric Kendricks missed some games. Michael Pierce opted out. He's back. They add Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson. They still have Dalvin Cook on offense. Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins. They helped the offensive line. We just talked about Jefferson. Like, do you like this Vikings roster?
3: Oh, absolutely, I do. Uh, I like the coach a lot because I think he's pissed off. Just knowing him, he you doesn't know, like losing. Uh, he does not like losing at all, and uh, he he got his big boy hat on right now. The sleeves are rolled up, and and he's getting ready. You know, and he's going to get his his guys back, and hopefully he can keep them healthy. and I think you'll see a different Minnesota Vikings team.
0: I mean, what's fascinating to me? So on odd years, Zim makes the playoffs. Like first year here was fourteen, didn't make the playoffs. Fifteen makes the playoffs, 16 misses, 17 makes the playoffs, 18 misses, 19 makes the playoffs, wins that playoff game in New Orleans. Last year, 20 misses the playoffs. So like I'm fully expecting here in 21 odd year, Hugh, that that the Vikings should be pretty darn good.
3: Oh, absolutely. I'd be shocked if they're not. And the only reason it would be is just because of injury. You know, that injury bug hits a team is tough. And I think we all know that. But if they stay healthy um, and, you know, they go do what I think they can do, I think they're going to be uh, one of the teams to be reckoned with.
0: One more hit me. Do you follow the the Cleveland Browns happenings? Like I think about, you know, a guy I know, Kevin Stefanski used to be on Mike Zimmer's staff, mm-hmm. you know, Ke- Kevin going there to Cleveland and clearly the roster, it's turned over a lot since mm-hmm. you were there, but, but Kevin had a lot of success in that first year.
3: Oh, absolutely. I'm excited for their coaching staff. You know, I think uh, what he did is, is great. I mean, he's, he walked into a ready-made place uh, and he took it to the next level just because I'm saying it was ready-made. I'm not, downplaying the coaching at all. I think he did a tremendous job. There's a lot of ready-made places that don't do what he did. So he did a fantastic job this year with that team. The question is, can they continue to do it? You know, and that's going to be the the big question this year because they have even more talent on the team. And can you put it together and do it again this year?
0: Hugh, thank you. This was fun. I appreciate it. All the best as you transition to Tennessee State. Thank you. I greatly appreciate Hugh's time, he said, keep in touch. So, for sure, at some point during the season, I will hit Hugh back up. And, yeah, I mean, Zim wasn't going to F with the offense. So, it always made sense when Gary Kubiak walked away. And Gary's still going to be involved behind the scenes in some fashion. He is going to help his son, Clint. But Mike didn't didn't want to mess with the offense, right? So, it almost was always inevitable that, that Clint Kubiak was going to be elevated. So I get when Hugh says, hey, Mike was very transparent. It just didn't make sense for Hugh Jackson to come in as the play caller and change the offense in many ways. All right, let's continue the Vikings dialogue. Riley Patterson signed as an undrafted free agent kicker, University of Memphis. He will compete this summer with Ray Joseph. The Vikings kicker for this year will either be Riley Patterson or Greg Joseph. The Vikings gave Greg some guaranteed money, but not a ton. They gave Riley, what, like 20 grand guaranteed? So even less than what they gave Greg, but it's an open competition. May the best man win. Who will be the Vikings kicker this year? This guy I talked to a few days ago, hope it's it's him. I talked with Riley Patterson. Here is my conversation from a few days ago with new Vikings kicker, Riley Patterson. Riley, thank you for your time. Congratulations on everything. Now a few days in the rearview mirror, the draft, draft weekend. Like, have things slowed down ever so slightly, or is it still just an incredible whirlwind?
4: Um, Yeah, it's a lot. You know, I've I've been excited for this day for a while, and all spring you kind of look forward to this day. So uh, I was ready for it. Now I just need to get back to Memphis, uh, pack up my stuff, graduate college and head up to Minnesota. So I'm I'm really
0: excited and I'm extremely thrilled with how it turned out. So how will the next few weeks look like then? So you'll head back to Memphis. Do you need to finish up some classes, some finals? Like, I guess what I'm getting at is the Vikings, I don't know if they've officially announced this, but it sounds like there will be a rookie mini camp the weekend of May 14th. Will you be able to be up here for that? Absolutely, yeah. Um, No, I've got a final this week. I'll be done with school after that and then I'll graduate on Saturday.
4: Be with my family that day, pack up all of my stuff, um, then bring it back here to St. Louis, where I'm from, and then from St. Louis, I'm gonna drive up to Minnesota, and I'll be there for that
0: rookie mini camp. Like, how cool is this stretch? Then, right? Like graduating college, you know, knowing what the next step is, in, in your life, like everything happening so fast.
4: No, it's it, it's crazy, it's, and it's all just blessings. So I'm just trying to be present, just trying to enjoy everything I can now. I know there's even better stuff to come, hopefully sooner or later. So it's just kind of enjoying where you're at, you know, being where your feet are and having fun. And, uh, you know, just just getting myself ready to put in the
0: work this summer, because that's really kind of my mindset at this moment. So let's go back to Saturday. Did I read correctly that you were at a wedding? Is that right?
4: Yeah. So it was my cousin's wedding, uh, Zach and uh, Brittany. And welcoming a new member to our family and the whole day you know it was the last day of the draft so i thought that i could go during any of that time so i was in this closet with my uh, with my family my mom dad my sister and uh and my mom and we were we were sitting there and just getting ready to hear my name called and then it, it didn't but as it was going on i was having conversations obviously with the vikings and this is the place where i wanted to go this entire time so it's uh it, it's been awesome I'm, I'm i'm really blessed but yeah It was a big night for the Pattersons. It was a lot of fun.
0: Very cool. So why why is Minnesota the
4: place you want to be? Well, um, first off, they're a very good football team. Um, They're a very good football team. Um, You know, uh, Dan Bailey left left last year, so um, there's a competition for the starting spot this year. And then, you know, my goal in the NFL is to be a starting kicker and to do really well for whatever team I was going to be on. Uh, I knew that there was going to be a competition when I got down to, to the Vikings, so all right, that's where I wanted to go. Um, I really love the special team coach, Coach
0: Ficken, and everything that the Vikings are about. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm excited. So, how did your relationship evolve with Coach Ficken during the pre-draft process? Did he have a chance to watch you at your pro day? Did you guys talk a few times leading up to the draft?
4: Yeah, so we came to my pro day. Him and a couple of other coaches. And I really started making a relationship with him there. And then we've had a couple of Zoom calls and he's called me a couple of times throughout the whole process. Um, nothing crazy, but um, yeah, I've learned that he's a really good guy. He's true to his word, very honest. And, uh, you know, there's out of all the guys I've talked to, he's, he's one that I'm very excited to be with. So I'm ready to get going. and ready to get down there and meet him in person again.
0: So is it safe to say Riley that the Vikings based on, I'm sure they had some correspondence with you at the senior bowl in mobile. You know, then at pro day, the conversations you had with Coach Ficken thereafter, I mean, is it safe to say the Vikings were about as aggressive as anybody in terms of developing a relationship with you?
4: Yeah, I mean, there were several teams that I had talked to during this whole process that, you know, thought that I would be a good fit for them, and, and I agreed, but, it, you know, it just came down to a competition and, and trying to trying to find a spot where I could win a job, being in a place that I knew really wanted me and appreciated me for what I could give them and help them win. So, uh Yeah. It came down to the Vikings, and uh, I'm really excited to get down there. That that was just uh, seemed like the best spot for me.
0: So, how fast did everything happen post draft? Your correspondence with your agent, your agent presumably is taking multiple phone calls. Maybe there were multiple offers. Like, how fast did you have to decide? Like, how crazy was that process?
4: It was so fast. It was crazy because you're sitting there just waiting for things to happen for hours and hours, um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, all right well, we got to figure something out here. And luckily there was, uh, you know, several teams that, um, you know, would have liked to to have me there and it was, it was awesome, but um, it came down to the Vikings and, uh, you know, I knew that it would be a great spot for me. I loved the special teams coach. I love the atmosphere. I loved everything about it, how great a team they were. And yeah, that's kind of what it came down to. And uh, it happened very quick.
0: Just, I mean, almost just minutes after the draft. So it was great. Is there also a part of you that says, you know, maybe a chance to kick indoors for eight games or, you know, pretty soon here it's 17 games, so nine games at U.S. Bank Stadium? You know, you think about 2022 this year, the extra game is on the road in L.A., but the Vikings play their games indoors. Heck, they have the road game every year in Detroit, a chance to kick indoors a bunch.
4: Yeah, no, I think that's also great. You know, it's um, I don't shy away from kicking outside. You know, I've kicked outside my whole life, um, kicked in the snow. But uh, kicking indoors is a lot easier, and uh, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. But I know you're going to have to kick inside, kick outside. Um, the majority of the games would be inside, which is, you know, something I've put into consideration a little bit. But, you know, you can't be afraid to kick outside. It, it,
0: it just – it is what it is. And when, no matter what, if you're hitting your true ball, then it should be going in. So. so who else had interest? Who else made offers? Like I saw that the Browns had good representation at your pro day. I mean, were they one of the teams that also wanted you?
4: Uh yeah, them among a couple others and uh yeah, there was just some little conversations after the draft that were, you know, influential in where I wanted to go, but uh the Vikings obviously were, you know, my target before uh, the draft even started and God willing, you know, it it's
0: crazy how things turn out and that's where I'm at now. So I'm just blessed for the opportunity. Describe the kind of kicker you are. I mean, I can go to YouTube, people that will watch or listen to this can go to YouTube and and see the highlights but if you had to write a scouting report on you like what would that scouting report say it's a good question um I guess uh I guess
4: I've kicked a lot I mean I've been in college for four years um I've seen pretty much every situation I can think of I've kicked in a lot of rain um I've kicked in super hot conditions very windy conditions I've kicked a ton from over 50 had a ton of kickoffs um And uh, yeah, I've been in a lot of pressure situations. um, And I've also, I mean, I've been called timeout uh, several times. I've had three timeouts called right before I kick a field goal. So I've seen pretty much everything uh, up to this point. So I know how to handle myself in those situations. So I don't think I'm too surprised with whatever's going to come my way. And uh, I think I do a very good job of staying present in those situations. So whatever's in front of me, I can attack and. Whatever comes after that is is what comes after it. Just kind of staying focused. And like I was saying earlier, just staying where your feet are. I would say that would be my scouting report on myself.
0: Would the scouting report also say that your leg strength is, is incredible? Like some of the clips I've seen, like you're making 50, 51, 52 yarders with ease. Like that ball is way up there. Like those kicks would have been good from 60 plus.
4: Yeah, I think leg strength is important. I think that gets you in the door in the NFL for sure. Um, I think I could argue that what keeps you in the NFL, though, not from my experience, but what I've heard from others is what you do with that leg strength and and being consistent with it. So I feel like I have the leg strength to be in the NFL. I think I have the consistency as well.
0: Now I just got to go out and show it. On the consistency, your numbers in 2019 pop. 2020, they dipped a little bit. What do you think changed from 19 to 20? Um, I think there were a couple of circumstances.
4: I was just a little unlucky um, not to give any excuses because I don't think I, I deserve any, but uh, you know, I, I, I hit um, eight field goals over 50 yards. Um, I missed the majority of mine from over 50 yards. And uh, um, when you're, when you're backed up that far and you have wind in different situations, you have to hit your a plus ball. Otherwise it will fade left, fade right. So I hit my B plus ball when I was back there and it would just miss left or to the right. So, I'm just hitting my A plus ball more often when I get deeper. But uh I mean I didn't become a different kicker or whatever else. Um, it was just, you know, I had a couple unfortunate things that happened, but you know, I, it it was my fault at the end of the day. And it's just more experience. I'm I'm very comfortable back from farther in range. So it's uh just knowing what I can do, knowing what I can't do when I get into different situations. And luckily I've been able to be in a lot of different situations. So yeah, um,
0: it was it was unlucky, but you know, on to the next. Mechanically, I mean, like if I watch video of your kicks from let's say November until now, like have you tweaked anything? Is anything different about your style mechanically now compared to last season?
4: Yes, uh, I would say um, I really wanted to focus on hitting those eight balls more often and hitting the ball as straight as possible. That way it can cut through wind when I'm not in a home stadium like at the Vikings. So I, I've worked on opening up my stance a little bit and being able to get down the field a little bit more. And I think it's helped me. And I think I'm kicking the best that I ever have been and kicking against great competition over this summer. And it's been a, it's been awesome. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get um,
0: competing in in camp and uh, ready to get going. For some of the people you've leaned on for advice, like you've been to those Coles camps, right? So like a lot of pros end up at those camps, right? So, like, are there some pros that you've leaned on for advice?
4: Yeah. Um, the biggest one I would say is Jake Elliott, former Memphis Tiger. Um, obviously, he's had much success in the NFL, and he's an awesome, awesome guy. So I've been talking to him ever since I was in high school. And he's been talking to me throughout the years, and just kicking with him has been awesome. I've talked to uh, and kicked with Will Lutz several times as well. Um, ever since I was in high school, I would watch his film, actually, and I told him this. And I would try and kick like him. Obviously, everyone's a little bit different, but a lot of my mechanics come from just watching his, Cole's YouTube videos. So it's a, it's pretty neat how uh, it turns around and you get to compete with them and little different kicking competitions. But kicking with them, just learning how the NFL works, learning how the game is a little bit different for us, learning different types of kicks. It's uh it's awesome, and uh, I think that's only experience that you can get from very. Uh, small amount of people. So I was just blessed to be in the situation where I could learn from them. Do you have any
0: relationship with with Greg Joseph? Like and and how much are you going to embrace that competition, a chance to compete with him? Yeah, I think I don't he
4: probably doesn't remember, but I was in, I think it was my freshman or sophomore year in college. Um he was uh going into his first year in the NFL, I think during that time. And uh yeah, I think I saw him kick a couple of times and I had talked to him just, you know, passing by. Um, but I've heard none but great things about him. Um, I'm excited to meet him. Um, obviously, you know, we're going to be competing me and him for the starting uh, position. And, uh, you know, that's a serious competition. Um, I, I wish him all the best. I also wish myself all the best. So, um, that's uh, it's an interesting spot, um, being in the same position on a team, but there's only one spot to win. So it's, um, I mean, it'll, it'll all be good luck and good wishes to each other though. I, I see no, you know, confrontation at all, but, um, I know nothing, I've heard nothing but bad things about him and I'm excited to meet him again and, uh, you know, just uh, compete and, and get
0: better. I suppose with that leg strength, like how much pride do you take in in your kickoffs and, and, you know, like, hey, you don't want the opposition to have a chance to return said kick, so let them start at the 25-yard line when talking to the NFL and go from there. How much pride do you take in, in your kickoffs? I love kickoffs. Kickoffs, to be honest, sometimes is the most
4: fun thing to do. You know, in college, you know, You get up to a kickoff, you're starting the game, you're starting the second half, and everyone's cheering, everybody's getting ready to go, they're singing the songs or whatever, and then they blow the whistle, and then everyone is watching you. Everyone is on you, and uh, they're waiting for you, and then you just got that adrenaline pumping, and you get to just go and hit this ball as hard as you possibly want to if we want to hit a touchback in that situation. So I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, Not very many times for us as kickers can we use – straight adrenaline and pure power just go up and through a ball so when we get that opportunity
0: i think that's really cool so yeah i take great pride in it you were on the NFLPA. i mean the NFLPA had a big what zoom call yesterday did anything stand out did you learn anything from being on that call um i wouldn't say i learned too much
4: at the moment uh, i was able to go in and out a little bit but uh yeah i, I there was a couple interesting things just a couple things i didn't know and just uh I'm excited to learn more and more from them.
0: Anything else we should know about your Urily as, as we tell your story here in Minnesota, anything else you want us to know?
4: Uh, I'm just excited to get down there. Um, I mean, I, I want to be the starting kicker for the Vikings very, very badly. It's where mm-hmm. I wanted to go since the beginning of this spring. Um, I think it's a great opportunity. I'm very excited and uh, I, I really want to help this team win football games this fall. So you're, you're getting somebody that really wants to win that's uh, going to be one of the guys on the team. He wants to compete and he wants to have fun doing it. So I appreciate you. And uh, hopefully I get to see you sometime soon.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Let's hope that we can return to some sense of normalcy, Riley, as, as yeah. more and more people are getting vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, last year with, with the Vikings and us, it was, it was a lot of these Zoom calls, Zoom chats, but maybe at some point they, they reopened the locker room. And if so, you, you'll certainly see me.
4: Yep. Awesome. That sounds okay. good.
0: Thank you, Riley. I appreciate it. All the best. Not only with your travels up here, but as you wrap up school. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Patterson was really, really good in 2019. Struggled in 2020. But there is a lengthy history there. He kicked many big-time kicks for the University of Memphis going back a few years. Had a great performance a few years ago, a couple years ago, in the Cotton Bowl a game against Penn State. So Patterson absolutely has a chance to win the kicking job. Another player that will be on the field this week for rookie minicamp at TCO Performance Center in Eagan is Spicer Native, the younger brother of Carolina Panther Brandon Zilstra. Shane Zilstra had a great run at Minnesota State Mankato. Shane is transitioning from wide receiver to tight end. I caught up with Shane Zilstra the other day. Vikings free agent Signing just a few days ago. Shane, good to see you. Just first, take us through how the, the deal with the Vikings came about.
5: Um, it's a little bit unexpected. Um, you know, the draft came and went Saturday, Sunday. I hadn't heard anything. Um, and even into Monday, actually, Monday morning, I was actually working. Uh, I'm a carpenter, construction laborer, whatever you want to call it. And Jamie and Mike, my agents were talking to me and they're like, 49ers are a little bit interested in uh, bringing you in for a rookie mini minicamp. Uh, they haven't, you know, confirmed it yet. Uh, you know, a few hours went by, same kind of thing. Oh, they're more interested. You know, they're just trying to work some things out. And then actually probably about five, 10 minutes after that last call, they said Indianapolis Colts uh, invited you to their rookie minicamp. So that was a for sure thing. Had the flight booked and everything. So, you know, that was exciting. That was an opportunity. Um and then 49ers also pulled the trigger, so I got invited to theirs as well. And then Vikings actually came in last um and, and finally offered the contract. Um and it's no brainer, you know what I
0: mean? Are all those camps the same weekend, or could you do the Vikings next week and then still go and try out or or work out with the with the Colts and the Niners?
5: So the Colts actually just started yesterday, I believe. So it started um So I would have been able to do that and the 49ers, but the 49ers and Vikings, their mini camps are on, uh, overlap on the same days. Um, so I think that's, uh, was a little bit of an incentive for them, for the Vikings, I guess, to offer the contract.
0: Okay. So why the Vikings, why did you choose the Vikings? You had options. Why was the Vikings the number one choice?
5: Uh, just playing for the the home team, you know, and that was that uh, for sure, you know, contract that they offered. So playing for the whole team is a little different. It's exciting. Um, I got a lot of family here, obviously. So just means a little bit more.
0: Okay. So you said you're, you're working construction. So like, did you have to call your boss and say, Hey, I need some time off next week. Like, take <laughs> me through the dynamics of that.
5: Yeah. So Bill's choice was choice construction is my boss. Um, and, you know, he's, he's known throughout this process that I'm still planning on playing football and it's still working out. So he's very understanding. Um, but yeah, we were actually putting uh, siding on and I got a call, um, from Chuck Peterson here at the Vikings and basically said, you know, this is what's going on. Um, you know, i check into your hotel this afternoon. And I said, okay, all right. You know, you're not going to say no. So I, uh, went over to my boss and I said, I need to go right now. You know, that was, I didn't give him a two week notice. I gave him a two minute notice, Uh, but he was, he was very supportive and understanding. So I had to go home, you know, pack up as much as I could and and head out to go check into the hotel. So it all happened extremely fast.
0: I mean, I suppose the hope is that if you need the construction job at some point again, that it's there, but hopefully you don't need it for a while. Right.
5: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm hoping to stay in this industry for a long time.
0: So, okay. So you had to then go right to the team hotel. Do you need, I'll need to like quarantine for, for a certain amount of time? Or like, are you already rocking and rolling? Like, are you guys doing meetings right now? Like, you know, what's, what's taking place right now?
5: Yep. I hit the ground running. Um, you know, obviously I have to pass COVID tests every single day, um, and do that sort of thing and, you know, make sure we're following the rules of mass and everything like that. And we're actually limited on the certain amount of people in the building. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all virtual meetings, so we're doing that. Um, so I jumped right in them and trying to learn as much as I can, as fast as I can.
0: So, like, everything just – it's, it's – like, it has to have been just a crazy year. Like, I did the story on you last year pre-draft with, with you and your brother over a training house, and obviously the weirdness of last year. And, like, Shane, in your mind, were you thinking, even though did you do one of the pro days, did you do the Minnesota pro day or the North Dakota State pro day?
5: Uh, last year they got canceled, uh, but this year I actually was able to get to a few. Um, I was down in California. It was my first pro day uh, that was put on by my agency, Priority Sports and the Sports Academy down in California. Um, so that one was just filmed um, and we sent that out. I was actually able to get into Michigan State's pro day. So I did that one. And then the University of Minnesota, I was able to do that one as well. And then I went to Trey Lance's second pro day and ran routes for him.
0: Okay, so you had the mindset of because of those pro days that there was a chance, right? That that you were still trying to keep the dream alive. That even though you knew you had to find another job to earn a living, that that football dream, as long as you could still pursue it. Am I am I classifying this correctly, Shane? That as long as you could still pursue this dream, you were going to keep pursuing it.
5: Absolutely. Um, and I did an interview a while back or a few days ago that you know not every day is the best day, and not every day is you know, your best day mentally, uh, you know, there are those days where, oh man, you know, nothing's happening. Do I give it up? Do I move on? Um, but I just try to stay focused. My wife did a great job of support me through all that. Um, and just, you know, kept, kept my head down and kept working and obviously it paid off. So I'm very happy about that.
0: I remember we talked about the possibility of you transitioning to tight end last year. So that's the case. The Vikings want you at tight end, not wide receiver. Yep, that is correct. That's the plan right now. And you're plenty comfortable. I mean, this is something that you had mentally prepared for a year ago, so presumably you're plenty comfortable with that?
5: Absolutely. You know, it, it change is difficult, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm facing it head-on, but uh, I'm ready, and I'm I'm willing and able, and I'm just ready to get to work and uh, learn the position.
0: The 49ers and Colts, did they also want you at the tight end position?
5: Uh, they did not specify, so I I can't speak on that.
0: Is there any guaranteed money in this contract, Shane? And if not, is it just a situation where all you've ever wanted is a chance? Now you have that chance.
5: Yep, and that's just it. So there's no guaranteed money or anything like that or no signing bonus, but uh, it's an opportunity, and that's all I was looking for. Uh, I was talking with my agents, and I said, listen, all I want is an opportunity. You know? And then, then it's up to me, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and then I just have to prove myself and prove to others that you know, I belong here.
0: When's the last time you would have officially played, you know, in a football game, really competed? I mean, are we talking November, December of 2019?
5: It would have been December of the national championship game. So December, like 22nd of 2019. So it was right before Christmas or something like that of 2019. So it's been a long time.
0: But the competitive juices still flow. I mean, figure once you put that helmet back on, it should come back snap of the fingers
5: absolutely and i'm competitive in everything i do you know it doesn't just have to be football so that's what keeps the competitive edge alive
2: what
0: what sort of advice has your brother given you what what sorts of things are you leaning on for for advice from his standpoint
5: um everything you know i've uh, we talk every day so uh you know ask him a bunch of different things um about this process but at the end of the day he just says you know be yourself take it day by day and you know nothing's guaranteed you could get cut tomorrow so just you know, make a lasting impression and, and do all the right things.
0: I'll hit you with two more quickly, then you can get back to whatever the heck you're doing there in your hotel room. But you said you were at the Minnesota Pro day. Did you have a chance to watch Rashad Bateman with your receiver background? I mean, do you see do you see really good player written all over Rashad?
5: Absolutely. He's a he's a very talented player, uh, very smooth and, and very quick. So yeah, I mean, there's no there's a reason he went in the first round. You know what I mean? He's very talented.
0: And then Trey Lance, I mean the number three overall pick, I mean, do you see stardom written all over Trey?
5: I do. I do. And that's, you know, it's it's just crazy, you know, being with a quarterback like that, you know, I'd say a lot of quarterbacks are, are I shouldn't say all, but many quarterbacks are very picky. How You know, how do you want this route ran, you know, this type of way? Do you want me cutting off this what type thing? And he's just like, no, you're good, you know, and, and, and the ball was there every single time. And I think that's a testament to his talent. You know, he's going to put it where it needs to be every single time.
0: Anything else you want to hit on, Shane? Anything we left out that, that you want to get out there? I don't think
5: so. I think I'm good unless you have any other questions.
0: I mean, I suppose just the overriding message is you're just amped up. I mean, is the challenge mm-hmm. now just not overdoing it, that, that as amped up as you are, you need to channel some of that once you hit the field next week?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just stay focused. Um, you know, I've been studying and, and doing the meetings and, and flashcards and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you know, once I get on the field, that's that's the fun part, you know, the football part uh, where you just go be an athlete.
0: I mean, from what you can gather so far, I mean, it's an offense that that you absolutely can fit in, that, that your skill set can fit what, what Clint Kubiak is trying to accomplish.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten too deep into it, uh, but definitely something that I feel like it can fit well in.
0: Shane, thank you. Good to see you. All the best to you and your family. Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you, Darren. The Zylstra family, a great family. I wish Shane nothing but the best. But it'll be an uphill climb. All he ever has asked for is a chance. He gets that chance this week at Vikings Rookie Camp. We now will hear from Ellerson Smith. He's been on the podcast before. Minneapolis native, the pride of Minneapolis South High School. At a great run at Northern Iowa. He really transformed his body coming out of South, turned into one heck of a pass rusher at Northern Iowa. He was a fourth round draft pick, pick number 116 overall of the New York Giants. The New York Giants have a couple Twin Cities natives on their roster Carter Coughlin and now Ellerson Smith. I caught up with the newest New York Giant a couple days ago. Here's my conversation with fourth round draft pick of the New York Giants. Minneapolis native, Ellerson Smith. Ellerson, congratulations. Just let's start with, take me back to that moment on Saturday. The phone rings. You know that you are going to be a New York Giant.
6: Yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there with my family. Um, it was only about six of us. I'm pretty sure my cousin was telling the story. I had to tell everyone to shut up so I could hear them. And yeah, I just saw New Jersey, and it was weird because they called me like 10, 15 minutes before like they even showed it on the TV, so I didn't even know the Giants had a pick coming up, and I was like, and I was just extremely shocked, and i um, excited, relieved, uh, yeah, it was, a great, it was a great moment. Yeah, so Dude. just tell me more about, okay, so, yeah, you're
0: right, one of 32, but like, you knew you were going to go at some point. The Giants have an obvious need for a pass rusher, although they did go pass rusher earlier in the draft. So maybe did that create maybe some doubt about the New York Giants?
6: Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I saw they took uh, Aziz, I was like, oh, yeah. And I mean, that's just who got – already got defensive end. So, I, you know, just kind of took them off my list in my head. Um, But, you know, I I like the idea of coming with another pass rusher or be someone who would motivate me, motivate each other, get after it and um you know hopefully we can contribute right away and help the pass rush and it looks like it's a team that
0: needs all sorts of pass rush help i mean do you feel like you'll have every opportunity to to help new york as soon as this season
6: i mean yeah we'll see how the things play out um you know obviously that stuff's out of my hands i'm just gonna sure I'm going to make sure i go and work hard and um you know whether that I'm going to try and contribute on special teams right away i know that's something i want to do um obviously do my best and uh, you know, show what I can do in the practices. And um, from there, yeah, they think I, I'm, I, if they think I'm the best option for them, then let's do it. Um, but either way, I'm going to keep getting better and, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm making the most out of every day. Were you locked in on Friday
0: night? Like, take me through your Friday night with the thought of, of the potential of going in the third round, then when you went to bed Friday night and, and just, you know, anxiously awaiting how Saturday would unfold.
6: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was locked in Friday night pretty hard on, um, you know, I didn't think I was going to be as angry as I was, you know, before the draft. I can, you know, you can talk to yourself and tell you like, oh, you know, what happens happens. But once you're there and you start seeing players get picked, um, so seeing you get passed over and over again. It's pretty frustrating. So I went to bed pretty pissed on Friday night. Um, but, you know, woke up, you know, changed my mind a little bit. Uh, you just, you know, I was trying to enjoy this time with my family. Didn't want to be, uh, you know, angry all weekend. And, um, you know, luckily I didn't have to wait too long on Saturday morning, which was, uh, which was nice.
0: The Giants had a large gap between picks. Like, they get you at, what, 116? They didn't pick again until, like, 186. So, is that, like, another example yeah. of, of obviously how much they they think of you, that they used that pick with without another pick for 70 more picks? They use it on you.
6: Yeah, I mean it means a lot to be to be chosen by them. Um, you know, it, it, the the organization's got good things going for them, and I'm excited to be a part of it. And yeah, you know, being there, being their fourth pick, um, being part of this rookie class. Um, you know, excited to get out there and you know just just get going out there in New York. You know, feel out the city a little bit, feel out um, the you know the facilities and. Um, get comfortable and getting the playbook. I think I'm getting my playbook tomorrow. So um, I'm excited for that, man. Excited to get to work and get my feet wet. When will you first get to work? Have you been told about any sort of rookie mini camp? Uh, I'll leave uh, next Wednesday. So um, I'll be there for about six weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'll try and, you know, use that opportunity to get better. Um, you know, make try and make that jump from the college to the pros in those six weeks. So then when I get to camp, you know, I can uh, just have, you know, let loose and compete, you know, the whole camp.
0: How eye-opening will it be? I mean, the last time you played in front of fans would have been at Northern Iowa 2019. The next time you'll play in front of fans, imagine a relatively full, if not, you know, who knows, maybe people show their vaccine card. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a a full capacity MetLife stadium. Like, How
6: eye-opening will that be? I mean, I was looking up the pictures of the stadium, and it's pretty legit. I think if it's like 82,000, I don't know what that typical NFL stadium is, but that's a lot of people regardless. Um, Yeah, being New York, having to be such an iconic place and city, um, you know, and have just the Giants being such an iconic team as well and the history behind them and the loyal fans and, um you know it'll be fun I'll make sure to soak it all in but you know uh, you also got to be focused for that first game too so I'm sure I'll have a lot on my mind for that
0: Hello. Where are you of of their storied history especially at the at the defensive end position I mean you think about the Michael Strahan's of the world Jason Pierre Paul I guess technically Lawrence Taylor maybe was a linebacker but you know clearly he was known yeah. for getting to the quarterback like the Giants have a storied history at, at you know having guys who can get to the quarterback.
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can say Justin Tuck, you're Munir, because the most the Giants I remember the most growing up were just like the, the Super Bowl winning teams, the ones that took Brady out those few years. Um, yeah, and they had a lot of good pass rush. And I think that you know a good pass rush leads to good teams. So um, I'm excited to be a part of that, man, and I'm really excited to um, you know try and try and make a name for myself as well. Was there
0: any thought the Vikings picked at what 119? Was there any thought that that maybe you could end up here in Minnesota if if maybe the Giants had passed on you?
6: Yeah, I mean, I thought the Vikings could have taken me a few picks before that too, but you know, it's it's not up to me. You know, I'll for sure be looking forward to whenever we get the Vikings on the schedule and ask nice come to Minnesota for a game or two. Do you have any sort of relationship with Carter
0: Coughlin? I mean, I think about the Giants roster just one year ago, Carter, who I don't know if they're using a more linebacker or, or defensive end, but you know, he's another guy who can get to the quarterback. And I think about his connection with, with Minnesota. I'm wondering if you have any sort of relationship with
6: Carter. Well, yeah, I mean, I played against Carter in high school. Um, you came down to South and he played a game. Um, uh, he actually reached out to me recently on social media, social, well, social media and I got his number and we're probably going to, I'm trying to link with him before I, you know, take off on Wednesday for rookie mini camp and, um, just get to know him get get to work with him. I'm excited to um, get after get after it with him. I know he was a great player in Minnesota and excited to work with him in the future. Any other teammates reach out to
0: you? Like how much working knowledge? I mean you said you went to Google or whatever to look at MetLife Stadium, but like, you know, what's your working knowledge right this second of of the Giants organization?
6: Yeah, I mean I think I have a good grasp of uh, what the the linebacker room looks like, um the defense looks like and I talked to I talked to Aziz, the pick that we had um, in the in the second round, another defensive end, um, and then I talked to so, uh, a linebacker, Reggie Ragland, and uh, it's just brief stuff. Um, you know, I'm sure once we get in the locker room, we get settled in. You know, that's when I'll really get to know those guys. So um, nothing too crazy right now, but uh, I'm excited to yeah, start a new family there. So what's the plan for how they want to
0: use you? I mean. You know, I plead stupidity. I don't even know if the Giants run a 4-3 or a 3-4. When you mention the linebacker room, I'm thinking, okay, is Ellerson going to be in the linebacker room, not the D-line room? So, like, what's their plan for how they want to use you?
6: Yeah, so it's like, we go from 3-4 or 4-3. Majority of the time, I'm assuming I'll be in a two-point stance uh, playing outside backer. <clears throat> but, you know, um, uh, yeah, I'll just be playing on that edge. Uh, like, doesn't matter to me if i got my hand down or standing up. Um, just, you know, got to get to the quarterback either way. So I'm excited for that, and um, yeah, excited to be to to play with a little bit of more space too, which is which is nice.
0: So overall excitement. I mean, just from what you know, how the Giants run their defense, what you know, you know of your skill set. I mean, you feel like it's it's a solid match.
6: Yeah, and I think that um, you know, depending on you know what I show them and what they think, I think I could. Um, you know, they they like putting players in different positions and sub packages, so I could rushing from one technique for all i know um but you know i'm just looking to be able to help i know we got uh some good really good defensive linemen already and um you know i'm excited to work with those guys and uh be able to contribute you know my abilities to this team are you one that has a chip on your shoulder ellerson like are you are
0: you going to play with some motivation that that a lot of teams passed on you
6: yeah i mean that's it's you know, I can't, I can't deny that, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough being passed up on. Um, you know, obviously I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity and, um, but still, you know, that's, those are some, that's one of the motivators um, that I, I like to use. Um, but I think, yeah, that that's one thing that will keep me motivated throughout my career is the fact that I was a fourth round pick. I had 115 dudes pick before me and that, that doesn't feel good to hear or say out loud. So um, yeah, that's for sure. a Motivator for me.
0: How did you celebrate on Saturday night?
6: Yeah, I just got together with some family and friends um, over in St. Paul to Blackstack Brewery. Um, you know, was able to celebrate, have a few beverages, and um, you know, get to see some family and stuff. So that was that was a really good time. It was nice to share that day with everyone, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a good time. Is it a
0: is it a sense of just relief? Like the pre-draft process is is so detailed. You know, going back to you know, just how, you know, think about your week in mobile right at the senior bowl and how stressful I'm sure that was. You know, then all the all the Zoom meetings you did and conversations you had with teams and all the hard work you put in, which will continue, but like is yeah. there a sense of relief that that the pre-draft process is
6: finally over? Yeah. It's it's like um I just feel like it's just like me entering a new phase. It, it was a fun process for sure. Um it's a unique one. Like you know, talking to all the teams, um, you know, pro days. I'm gonna training for another pro day, the um, Senior Bowl and stuff like that. But I'm excited to be in the next phase, um, just be able to lock in on football again, get back in the routine of football, and um, yeah, so I'm excited for that because that's what I'm used to. You know, I haven't I've been able to have a full uh, actual football season since 2019, and um, I think once you getting the swing of a football season, you know, getting the habits of, you know, watching film and doing the same thing every week. It's pretty fun. And um, I'm excited to get back into that routine of of football. We talked about this pre-draft,
0: but now that it's official, like how cool is it that one year ago from the Minneapolis city conference, Tyler Johnson gets drafted fifth round Tampa Bay. Now you Minneapolis city conference, Minneapolis South fourth round pick that in back-to-back years, the Minneapolis city conference has guys get drafted.
6: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's awesome. I can't remember the last time that we've had something like that. Um, you know, it just shows that I think that Tyler back in the day uh, made me elevate my game because he was such a good player. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I think that, I think we play. I think we have the Buccaneers on the schedule this year. So um, hopefully it'd be nice to be able to see him uh, catch up with him. And uh, yeah, you know, if that can uh, inspire some kids in the future from the city conference, that uh, you know this this dream is achievable, and uh, you know if you if you put the work in, you can you can get there. Uh, you know, it'd be very uh, it'd be very rewarding for me. Anything else you want to get out there, Ellerson, As we tell now the story of of you finally achieving this dream. Another two percent, just go big blue, man. Um, you know, check out some Giants games this year. Hopefully, we can win some games and. I'm excited for the next step. I
0: mean, it seems like the franchise is on the come. I mean, oh so close last year to making the playoffs. That there's a lot to like with Daniel Jones. Heck, I think about one of my guys, Kyle Rudolph, signing yeah. there just you know a few weeks ago. Like, I like a lot of what the Giants are doing, and it seems like the NFC East is is pretty wide open.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think I think this. Yeah, you said the divisions wide open. We got a good young team being, once we get Saquon back to on um, the shop a lot. He's a great player. Um, Daniel Jones is going to be a good player for us. And yeah, I think, you know, once we get after it, get to work, start competing. Um, we'll be able to, you know, compete with some good teams out there. I like the draft class too, and I like the trade.
0: I mean, I get why the Bears did it, but, you know, for your GM to get a first-round pick next year, to slide down, to get that speedster from Florida, Tony, to get yeah. the pass rusher from Georgia to get you, like I like a lot of what of what your new team did over the weekend.
6: Yeah, no, I think I think they did a good job. Um, a lot of, that's out, out of my line of line of work, but um, you know, I, I think I think I'm excited to get to know these guys and um, hope we can all contribute in a way. You would have shown me something, Ellerson,
0: if you had said, "Yeah, bad weekend." Like I don't know what the heck Gettleman was doing. You know, I don't know what the heck
6: that front office. I don't was know doing. How that <laughs> I don't know how well uh, that, that will help me out in the, with the brownie points for the, for the head, uh, front office. But Correct. Really good.
0: Ellerson, all the best the next you know, week and a half. I'm sure you'll continue to train here the next week and a half and then safe travels out to, out to the New York, New Jersey area come May 12th. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. The Giants pass rush needs all sorts of work. So this is a good landing spot for Ellerson. The Vikings picked three picks later. They had pick 119, but there isn't a sense that if Ellerson was on the board at 119, that the Vikings would have taken him. Although he fits that athletic profile, he would have made a lot of sense as a project for Andre Patterson. But hey, he landed in a good spot. He should be able to help the New York Giants, especially on special teams right away. He should be able to help the Giants right away. So congratulations to Ellerson we will bump the episode 349 of The Scoop with my conversation with Chad Greenway, the former Viking. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I was over at Target Field. What day was it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Chad Greenway works with Grey Duck Vodka now. They will uh, put Joe Maurer on, on a few of these Grey Duck bottles. Sales of, of the vodka bottles will end up benefiting Gillette Children's Hospital. So I talked to Chad about that, but we also hit on a couple Vikings talking points. So here's my conversation from a few days ago with Chad Greenway. So i to pick up, Chad. I mean, anytime yep. you can partner with an icon like
7: Joe, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, working with Joe on this bottle is going to be so special. I mean, obviously, his relationship with Gillette, Gillette Children's Hospital is special. And um, to get a chance to work with Joe, obviously, you know, what's weird is so many parallels. We came out of high school at the same time. You know, he goes baseball route and I, w- I go to Iowa and end up coming here and um, now we're both retired here and getting to work together on this project, which is pretty
0: fun. Did you also play basketball though? You're a pretty good basketball player, right? I,
7: I played, yeah. I guess if I'm pretty good, it would
0: be uh, determined off somebody else. But yeah, I-, I could get around a little bit. Joe's really good, like Joe, if yep. he had gone out of high school, the yep. basketball route, he would have been a division one player. Yep. So yep. I suppose you guys maybe have that bond, even though, well, and the football bond clearly too. Yep. That's the amazing thing about Joe, like. He can do it all. He can do it all. Exactly so when you decide to partner with him again like sure and raise money for for a charity like yeah.
7: children's i mean it just it all made sense why not absolutely yeah it makes perfect sense and, and we think this is going to go over really
0: well if i told you 12 months ago 18 months ago 22 months ago somewhere in that ballpark that you would have all this success with gray duck if i told you 12 to 18 to 22 months ago you would have all this success with gray duck what would
7: you have told me? Um, I would say I think we would. Um, I think I see how hard our team works, our Grey Duck team. Um, we work so hard trying to create a cool product, a unique product, and
0: um, I think it's this is the type of success we thought we could have. So what's next? I mean, you know, as you as you think about the next year, two years, three years, four years, where, where, where are you guys taking this? Uh, well, we're always thinking about what's next. And I mean, this is such
7: a moving target. We're always doing something new or something different. Um, I think a nice part for us is that we are a small company still, and we can be, we can move pretty quickly and be pretty nimble. Um, so doing stuff like this and projects like this are, are unique and special, and we want to continue to create a bond with our community and the people around us uh, to really kind of buy back into our brand and have this be a part of their lives like it is a part of ours um, and truly be a Minnesotan brand. That's why obviously working with, you know, an iconic brand like the Twins, working with guys like Joe Maurer, giving back to the community, those are all integral parts of feeling like we're community based, right? We're from here, we're made here, we live here. Um, You know, we want this to be the best vodka in town, the best seltzers in town, and we want folks to support us and support Gillette and support Joe and the twins and and
0: have it all be one piece. Take us through what exactly is your role? I mean, as a quote unquote creative director, but I'm sure your role entails a (laughs) lot more than that. uh, Don't ask the guys
7: this, what my role
0: is, but uh, I basically
7: run everything, Uh, no. Um, so I, I, handle a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, on radio. I do a lot of PR marketing stuff and doing, going and sign bottles. Um, but I'm one of the partners. So, um, there's five major partners and I'm one of them and it's just fun to be a part of this great team. And again, I don't do, uh, I do as little work as I have to, but they make me do more than I want to put it that way.
0: <laughs> what brings more anxiety, preparing for Aaron Rodgers, trying to stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, or watching your daughter on the biggest high school stage possible? Oh, uh, definitely my daughter. I mean, that's,
7: that was a unique experience. It was a lot of fun, obviously. Um, but when they actually made the state tournament, you know, you go through the sections, and my wife and I kind of looked at each other and I'm like, well, she's going to be under a lot of pressure. Um, and that's, you know, fair, unfair for a seventh, seventh grader, but uh, the reality was that she did. And she did great. We were so proud of her. And um, I think the hardest part was you can't, help her right she's got to do it herself and you just got to be a parent and support um, so I just cheered my butt off as much
0: as I could and just had fun with it. The other hard part just dealing with that only one team inevitably wins that that there's going to be heartbreak for so many teams including hers. Yeah
7: I think it was uh she, she took it great I think she took it in stride I think a little naive at seventh grade thinking I'll be able to get this opportunity as many times as I want right um, but I think some perspective for her too to say, hey, you may never make it back here. You know, some kids never get a chance to play in the state championship game. So pretty lucky and fortunate to kind of let her think about that, um, but uh, very motivating, right? To, to get that, that far, play in the target center, um, be a part of that great team and that run and just say, hey, you know what, I want to do it again next year. So. Luckily for her, she's got a bunch of years left to try to try to win one.
0: And Presumably it doesn't slow down, right? Like high school season ends, AAU season <laughs> begins.
7: Yeah, for those, you know, those Hoopers out there, they know it's it's especially with this, the the winter season being pushed back, literally butted right up against AAU season. So she's jumped right into that uh, with her North Tartan club and uh, along with, running around for soccer and everything else. So she's still got to be a kid as well. So try to put all those things and create some balance for her. Couple Vikings questions. Yes or no, they made a mistake not moving up in fields. Uh, No, not a mistake. I like what they did. Um, I like that Rick got his guy there um, at 23 and traded back and got some picks and got some other players. So um, I like what they did. I think Rick has done a great job in almost every draft. I think that's why he's been a GM for so long. I mean, he's, he drafts really well. Uh, He trades really well and, When he made the trade initially, I was upset because I wanted to see him pick at 14. Um, But when when you see day two come to fruition and then day three, it's like, okay, he, he made a lot of sense and he obviously knows what he's doing. I was talking
0: to Hugh Jackson story how we connect. I was talking to Hugh Jackson the other day, one of Zim's good buddies, and he goes, a pissed off Zim is a good Zim, yep. and Hugh goes, Zim is pissed off right now. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen
7: Zim not pissed off, to be honest with you, which is funny you say that. But, uh, you know, Zim's a tremendous football coach, and that's just a fact. I mean, no matter what you do, he's going to coach football, and he's going to do it well. And I think when you get a motivated Zim and how he's going to prepare and how he's going to ask his players to prepare, his team to prepare, um, they're going to be a very prepared team. The coach is going to be ready. Uh, the player's going to be ready, and I think when you get the guys now in the building that can he can win with, he's going to find a way to do it.
0: You think there's something to be said about okay? So he starts in 14, doesn't make the playoffs. I guess you would have been on that team, right? 15 yep. make the playoffs. Yep. 16 don't. 17 do. 18 don't. 19 do. 20 don't. So 21 <laughs> like has to make the playoffs. Got to right? make the
7: playoffs, and then maybe we should try to do something where we do that every year. Would be more fun. So um, yeah, obviously. Uh, I think the regime they have is doing really well. And I love that ownership, um, and it's not a surprise to me with the Wolves have stuck stuck with them and, and given their best opportunity to win. Because uh, I think you can win with this group that we have here. I think Zim's a great coach, I think Rick does a great job, and, and Zim's staff is, you know, very good. So uh, let's win with these guys. And they even took an Iowa Hawkeye. That's right, they did, it's as they should every year. <laughs> hey, I, I like that kid. Smithmore second play. He can play, and, it, and uh, obviously he was a huge fan of his when he was in college, rooting for him every weekend. Um, so much playmaking ability, and I don't think he always was able to showcase that at Iowa with the style they play. Um, but when he got an opportunity, like played USC in the bowl game, when he got an opportunity to get the ball in his hands, he's tremendous. So uh, I think it's going to be a very good pick and a, and a steal the draft. <laughs>
0: His daughter, who just finished her seventh grade year at Providence Academy, is a big-timer. Remember her name, Madden Greenway. She is going to have all sorts of Division I options. As long as she stays healthy, I know that she's got a good head on her shoulders. Jenny and Chad are wonderful parents. All the best to Madden as her basketball career continues. Plus, Chad is heavily involved in the Wyzetta Basketball Association. He's got four daughters so i appreciate him making some time talking to us a few days ago at target field all right we are done have a wonderful rest of your sunday have a wonderful week everyone again happy mother's day to all the moms listening this has been scoop podcast episode 349 on this 9th of may the year is 2021 stay safe stay sane